0: Our seventh principle affirms our respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. The respect I want to develop is a reverential sense of awe. It's not enough for me to just appreciate the world or the web around me. I need to approach that world with a true sense of surprise and awe and discovery so that I may embrace the part of the affirmation of which I am a part. Sharon Salzberg, a mindfulness teacher and author, sees awe as a vehicle to quiet our inner critic. Awe, she believes, is the absence of self-preoccupation. It is our willingness to get out of our own way, I say. Before moving to Oregon, I lived in Virginia, third in the nation in outhouses. (laughs) And yes, I had one. I found firewood in preparation for a cold evening to be rewarding work compared to just shivering in the kitchen all night. I remember marveling at the magic of, magic capacity of electricity to light a room. An awesome surprise that never failed to delight me. Flip a switch and there was a visual transformation. Many of you last week got to experience the same <laughs> wonderful transformation that it really does feel good to all of a sudden have electricity and was it ever going to come back? At that time had I been able to envision computers the internet, cell phones and Amazon deliveries my imagination would have threatened my sanity which is a little shaky to begin with. (laughs) Having a supply of dry wood and a sharp hatchet represented my greatest dreams. I reminded myself that the home's original inhabitants didn't even have electricity yet I suspect the joy they felt arising each day was similar to what I felt. Sharing the tin stove's warmth was a time that allowed the day's challenges to be put in perspective if there was enough kindling to start a warm fire then the day was always off to a good start our only slightly more prosperous neighbors who had indoor plumbing with whom i sometimes worked were gracious generous and shocked by a world that was so at odds with their perception on tv at the stockyards at schools they felt disaffected the world where they had found comfort 20 years prior just was gone inexplicably and there was no hope for an apparent return no hope for a uniformity of belief no chance to subdue social change or return to what my neighbor cecil considered normal though he felt assaulted by a world he no longer understood and one that no wonder sought to no no longer wanted to understand him he never lost his reverential sense of awe, his never-ending mission to see the ad hoc joy before him. Now the windshield of Cecil's old truck was besmirched with small crosses. For whenever a black cat crossed the truck's path, people, uh, I'm sorry, Cecil (coughs) licked his index finger and posted a protective cross on the windshield (coughs) just to ward off whatever evil may have accompanied that cat. Even though he was sustained by fundamentalist political uh, religious belief, including his vociferous opposition to even a discussion of evolution, he still carried an open heart almost everywhere he went. I remember once driving over a hill on the interst- interstate to find his old truck parked only slightly off the road and Cecil standing near it, waving his arms and pointing up the hill, and he looked like a man who's just crazy, in his usual tattered flannel shirt, exclaiming and frantically gesticulating to passing traffic that really didn't care much. I stopped and approached him cautiously. What's 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 going on Cecil? Just look up there. Three does and their fawns all together. Cecil saw something inspiring in the midst of this unsettling world he wanted to share with those speeding by on their rush to do less rapturous things. The beauty of the deer and the fawns made sense that for a moment obscured the reality of the drug addicted son his broken hay baler and his mountain of farm debt i assured him that in fact he had done a service to the passing motorist and pointing out this pastoral scene was an important thing to do we waited until the deer meandered back into the woods and then we drove our vehicles on toward the county seat back to the world where often there just was no awe apparent. Today, when we walk from the parking lot to the church, we step in the footsteps of this land's early Kalapoya caretakers, who I suspect, like Cecil, were awestruck with the amazing life they encountered here. I can imagine their sense of reference for the fertile soil and lush forests that were the Orenco landscape. I want to capture that same ability to see beyond my own plans and prepare my mind to be open to that sense of wonder. Waking after a new snow and walking suddenly into a silenced world where the slightest sound becomes magnified, I am struck with the unexpected sense of awe. The new snow calls me to witness its quiet work. I want to sharpen my sense of awe, to stop and witness the V of geese flying over my head. I never look at a V of geese without thinking of Mike Bruhl, who explained to me why one side of the V is always longer than the other because it's got more geese in it. <laughs> He's an ornithologist. I want to be able to pause and wonder at the hummingbird appearing stationary as she feeds, to joyfully embrace the colorful chains of seasons, to witness the kindness of the cashier at new seasons who patiently assists the elderly and confused man who needs help counting the money for his purchase. And finding too little, the cashier says, that's close enough. I want to celebrate that sense of awe I feel when stepping into a new snowfall where I'm called to witness the snow's magical deafening silence. Recently the New York Times did a feature story on the effect of awe, how being open and capturing these moments of awe extends life. Not only do cynics die sooner they find fewer moments of awe. They just don't get to enjoy an awesome life. The article was filled with statistics and research questions and charts and references to physician papers and all things guaranteed to reduce the reader's sense of awe. But they failed to obscure the point. Being open to finding awe is life-affirming. I grew up in Texas. So the beauty I see in Oregon every day is a wonderful and unexpected balm to my eyes. The forest never ceased to amaze me. The late John Yesvang, whom many of you knew, always carried his sense of awe and a searching for awe on his shirt sleeve. When he saw the sign pointing to what was purported to be the state's largest cedar tree, one of several freely making that claim, he went on to investigate. After seeing it, he offered his surprise with his typical Norwegian understatement. Ja... That's a really big tree. (laughs) John wanted to gather all the awesome things in life to him. Being ready to be awed with the world, a leaf, a tree, the reflected image in a puddle, is the first step to me leading an awesome life. I want to share John and and Jan and Cecil's sense of awe and between the raindrops, find that kind of awe that's out there waiting for me. to see outside myself, the events or sights that alert me alert me to a greater sense of being. May it be so.